everybody and welcome to over the curve podcast uh what is this podcast about this is a podcast by formula 1 fans new and old for formula 1 fans new and old i am mansi i will be hosting this podcast for now alone hopefully that will change in the future i started watching formula 1 in 2020 after i watched drive to survive and ever since then i have kind of been sucked into this world and uh, yeah i just love talking about formula 1 i love finding out new things and learning new things that are happening in formula 1 and uh, i always wanted to have a podcast and uh, so i decided that maybe i should just start talking about formula 1 this is what the podcast is going to be about every episode i'll be covering some particular aspects of uh, formula 1 uh, or maybe uh, like race reviews of formula 1 and uh, yeah we'll see how it goes for this episode i thought that i would just cover a basic understanding of what happens on a typical formula 1 race weekend So a race weekend starts from Friday. Friday is when we start seeing uh, on track action where we actually see cars on track but there are certain number of other activities that that start on Thursday and um, so essentially a formula 1 weekend lasts from Thursday to Sunday and we are going to delve into all these sessions that happen a little deeper in terms of the events the sessions that happen on track every formula 1 weekend will have five sessions so ever since 2021 we also have something called as a sprint weekend and then a normal formula 1 weekend the number of session the number of sessions are essentially the same what happens in the session is a little bit different and i will be covering both of them there are five sessions that happen on track Uh, there are two on friday there are two on saturday and the one on sunday which is going to be the actual race so let's dive dive deeper into uh, every single day and the sessions that happen on on each of these days so first let's let's talk about thursday what happens on thursday so formula 1 every season has somewhere around 20 plus races that happen across locations uh throughout the world and um, every week the entire circus moves from one city to another to prepare for the next race weekend so there is a lot of preparation aspect that happens on thursday thursday there is an advance team that comes to the place where the race is going to happen to the track where it is going to happen and they set up the garage and they set up their cars the cars when they are transported from one place to another are essentially stripped down and dismantled and then when you come to the new city where the race is going to happen they are assembled there again so the team that works in the background the engineering team and the garage team the advance team um they work on this uh what do the drivers do the drivers on thursday um have their driver conferences the mandatory press uh, appearances that the drivers have to do and there is something called as a track walk that happens track walk is uh, drivers along with their engineering teams walk around the track to find out about bumps and evaluate the curves and the breaking points um 
to get an idea of how they should be driving the car on the track during the sessions that are going to happen from Friday onwards. So largely this is what happens on a Thursday. There's a lot more that the, that the teams uh, in the background do than the drivers. Um, and then uh, we move on to Friday. Friday, um, there are two sessions that happen, which are free practices, free practice one and free practice two. Free practices because there are no, no um, limitations on what tires they can use, what setups they can use. There is no restriction um, or what parts they can use in their car. Uh, there are no restrictions uh, that are imposed on the teams. So that's why these, these sessions are called free practice sessions. Or before the free practice session, uh, there is something called as installation laps that happen. So because the car has been built again after it's been transported, um, there are installation laps that happen to make sure that the assembling of the car has been done right. Um, there are also some testing pods and everything added on the car so that you can get data about uh, the car's performance. Now, once the, uh, the free practice starts, uh, the free practice is essentially uh, the teams and the drivers trying out different tires. Um, uh, they try out any new parts that they've been developing. It, they basically gather the performance data for the car, uh, corner speed, straight line speeds, braking performances, all these sort of things are um, collected as form of data and based on the data and the performance of the car and the feedback from the driver, the teams decide on their racing strategy, what suspension geometry they're going to have, what aerodynamic setup they're going to have, what is the braking pressure going to be. A lot of these things depend on the car's performance and how the driver wants their setup to be. There are there are a lot of drivers who have, a, who have very different driving styles. So, Free practice one and free practice two are largely used for these purposes. In these sessions, we can also see uh, younger drivers being given a chance to have some experience and exposure to driving in Formula One. I think this year it is mandatory for every team to have one or two younger driver and they need to be given some time in the car. I'm not sure on what uh, the requirements are, but uh, this year we'll be seeing a lot more of that happening uh, on track. So yes, uh, the teams learn about the car performance. They also do longer runs, which is essentially uh, you fit uh, on the tire, you have a setup, and then you complete more than one lap. Longer runs help uh, teams determine what the tire degradation is. Tire degradation and the car performance and all these data, all this plethora of data combined is going to help the teams and the drivers to form their race strategies. Um, so largely this is what happens in a free practice session that happens on Friday. And now we move on to Saturday. Saturday, the morning session is again a free practice session, but here the cars, uh, the teams and the drivers are largely focused on their qualifying strategy. Qualifying strategy is a little bit different than the racing strategy because the qualifying session determines the grid 
positions for all the cars for the race so you obviously want to start as as ahead of the rest of the pack as possible so usually in the qualifying sessions we see the cars being pushed to the limit because you have to be as fast as you can to gain the maximum advantage that you can uh, you can get with respect to your track position so in this free practice session the teams determine in terms of that qualifying strategy they are going to determine how much fuel they are supposed to use how many runs they they are supposed to do um how, is there a particular time where you would be able to avoid traffic uh if you can get a tow from an opponent um so all these things are being decided in the free practice sessions largely towards the qualifying strategy once this session is over now okay before we move on to that all these practice sessions are going to be 90 minutes they used to be 60 until last year but this year we have seen a lot of new uh, changes in the aerodynamic regulations and i think the teams would benefit uh, from having a longer duration of free practice because there's a lot of development that is going to happen throughout the year uh what with the testing of uh, new and innovative parts that all the teams are going to bring to the table now we get to the qualifying the qualifying as i said is going to determine the grid uh, start positions for all the cars for the race that is going to happen on sunday the qualifying has three sessions that happen q1 q2 and q3 q1 session is around 20 minutes so what happens is every car is going to put in their best lap times in that stipulated duration of a q1 session now once that stipulated time is over the slowest five cars are going to get eliminated in that session and out of those five cars the fastest one will start 16th and then the next one would be 17th and so on till 20th so after q3 we get the position of who is going to start 16 17 18 19 20 q2 session similarly will determine the positions 11 to 15 same thing 15 minute long session cars put in that uh, fastest time the times from q1 are not going to count in this um, and uh, the cars determine uh, the the slowest five cars are going to get eliminated and that is going to define the positions 11 to 15 uh and then you have the q3 session q3 session is 20 12 12 minutes long um and it is uh, there are going to be only 10 cars that will be participating in that session and after those 12 minutes the f- the top 10 positions will be decided from fastest to slowest so the slowest car in that session would start 10th and the fastest car would start 1 uh would start first so this is what the qualifying is now we uh before we proceed to the race itself that happens on sunday there is something called as park fermi conditions so a car enters park fermi conditions at the start of the qualifying what this means is basically the the cars are essentially going to stay the same there is going to be no modification allowed in the cars until the finish of the race weekend can you modify the car no 
Can you repair the car? Yes. Repairs can take place as long as you make the, the, the teams make sure that any part that is being repaired or replaced, replaced by a similar part of similar specifications. You can't uh, make, the teams can't make any changes uh, in terms of part specifications uh, during the park forming conditions. Um, so when teams do test new devices or new parts in uh, FP1 and FP2, they want to have that in their car. They have to make sure that those changes are incorporated in the car before the start of the qualifying session because after qualifying, um, you won't be able to modify the car. There are changes that, are, like I said, there are repairs that you can do. Um, some repairs like a gearbox change or an engine change are going to incur a penalty even if they were, um, uh, they needed to be changed because of an incident that happened in qualifying. It's usually a, a grid uh, position drop. So, okay, so this is what qualifying is. This is what Park Fermi is. Um, the teams can only work uh, after the after the end of qualifying sessions. The team can only work till three and a half hours of um, uh, time uh, on their cars. And uh, throughout this time, there are FIA scrutineers that are going to keep a very close watch as to what is being done on these cars to ensure that no teams are modifying their car in any way possible. So now we come to the race itself. Sunday, the most exciting event of the weekend, the race itself. Now, each race is going to be... Um, a little over 300 kilometers. The number of laps of any race are going to be decided by that. The race needs to follow this rule of having a 300 kilometer plus distance and that's how the number of laps are decided. 300 divided by the track length that is going to give you the number of laps um, that the race is going to have. Uh, typically a race, uh, race lasts uh, somewhere between uh, 90 to 120 minutes uh, unless there is a ses session suspension due to an incident or something like that uh, that can uh, so it can happen in a long uh, it can take a long time tire rules for the races you have to use at least two different compounds for a dry race there are different uh, compound tires that are decided for the race there is a stipulated allocation of tires each driver has to use at least two different compound tires throughout the duration of the race. Now this rule is only for dry condition racing which essentially is that there is no rain involved during the entire duration of the race. During a wet race this rule is suspended because there are only because the racing conditions are very different and uh, there are only two different types of uh, wet race uh, tires and um, the the use of them cannot be uh, is only decided based on how much it is raining and what is the track condition like and imposing this rule it can be a, a, a safety hazard so in the wet race there is no compulsion to use different uh, tire compounds so um, now we will talk about a bunch of flags that are used 
throughout the race. Um, flags are used to uh, send different messages to the drivers on track. Um, we'll start with the very basic one, which is a yellow flag. A yellow flag is used to tell drivers that there is a there is something on the track, there is a danger on the track. Uh, drivers are supposed to reduce their speeds. Um, there is uh, largely no overtaking allowed during a yellow flag. And uh, uh, the fire marshals and uh, uh, the, the, the team who takes care of the track are, they essentially work uh, to clear the track, uh, be it uh, debris on the track post an accident, or a car that is stopped uh, on the track and you have to take it back to the pits. So those kind of things are taken, being taken care of and like the FI, uh, the, uh, the race director can decide that there is a safety car or a virtual safety car needed. So in a safety car situation, what happens is there is a danger on track and the safety car is deployed, which is going to come in ahead of the race leader and all the cars have to follow the safety car. The speeds are reduced. You're not allowed to overtake uh, the car in front of you. And the safety car is also going to, as if there's a different racing line that has to be followed, uh, the safety car is going to make sure that the other cars know what to, uh, or what line to follow. Uh, if there are active repairs uh, or active uh, marshals that are working on the track uh, to clear the damage. There is also something called a red flag. A red flag uh, can mean suspension of the race. Now, the suspension can be temporary or permanent. Uh, permanent suspension, um, last year at least we saw it in Spa when the racing conditions were very, very bad. It was raining very badly and then the race was suspended. Um, temporary suspensions um, can be if there is a very severe incident that has happened. We saw it in uh, Hungary in 2021, and uh, one of the biggest, most dangerous ones was that I saw at least was in 2020 in Sakhir uh, after Roman Grosjean's uh, incident. So the red uh, flag um, is put out for a temporary and or a permanent suspension of the race. The cars are to return to the pit lane and in case it's a temporary suspension and the race is going to restart, um, the racing director can decide if uh, it's going to be a rolling start, which is uh, the cars are going to follow the safety car uh, for one, lap, one or two laps and then the safety car would come in and the racing would resume. The position would be the same positions that each of the drivers had when the red flag was employed. So that's a rolling start. And if it's a standing start, so basically the, the cars are going to go on track. They're going to uh, start, uh, they're going to stand on the starting grid in the same way um, uh, with respect to their track position, which is there when the red flag was employed. And then it's going to be again lights out and away we go. So th those are largely the flags that are used to inform the drivers of the dangers of the track. Another commonly used flag is a blue flag. Blue flag is uh, used to tell a slower driver that a faster car is approaching and that you need to get out of the way. What happens is the faster cars, the cars that are uh, 
that are uh, leading the race of faster cars are eventually going to catch up to the cars at the back so the driver who is last there is, there comes a point in the race it may or may not come depending on how, how the race is going but if the leader of the race has caught up with the last driver of the race um the last driver is shown a blue flag that this tells the driver that the that a faster car is approaching you and that you need to leave the racing line to let that car pass it's true when the leader comes it's true when the second uh, position driver comes so it's essentially to tell a backmarker car that a faster car is approaching and that you need to leave space for them to um, for for them to be able to race that's a blue flag uh now there is something called as a green flag so green flag is usually given out after a yellow flag it's to tell the drivers that the danger has been cleared on the track and now it is safe to resume racing yeah so green flag is uh, usually deployed after a yellow flag uh to indicate the uh, the res- the resumption of normal racing another flag is a white flag a white flag is uh, uh, flown to tell the drivers on track that there is a slow moving vehicle present on the track uh, so from what i have researched it is uh, shown when there is a medical car or an ambulance on the track but uh, i mean i i haven't seen it being used uh, mostly if there is some something so horrible that has happened that you need uh, like a, an ambulance or something else to come on the track I, i've usually seen that the session has been suspended temporarily so there is a red flag out and there are no cars on the track uh, i hope we never get to see it but um, that's what a white flag is there's another another flag called as the black flag a black flag is uh, usually uh, put out with the driver number so the uh, the personal number of the driver and uh, a black flag indicates that the said driver has been disqualified he has to return to the pits and that he won't be racing any further this is usually uh, to punish them for unsportsman like behavior before a black flag is shown there is a possibility that you are shown a half black half white flag to tell the driver that uh, the behavior that they have shown is unsportsman like and a half white half black flag uh, if the driver does not uh, change uh, their racing etiquette or their racing uh, behavior uh, there is a chance that uh, it could result in a black flag and uh, another flag is a black flag with an orange circle now this flag is shown to a driver to indicate it's again shown with the driver number and it is uh, to tell the driver that there is a, a serious mechanical problem uh, with the car and that driver should return uh, to the pits um, so that uh, the team can avoid a major incident happening on the track so these are the uh, these are the flags and then the final flag is the checkered flag which is black and white checks which denotes the end of the race uh, it is put out once the race leader has completed the stipulated number of laps that a car needs to do
for the entire race. This is what is uh, typically a race weekend looks like. This is what, how the race happens. Um, now we come to the, uh, the driver and constructor championship. So after each race, the top 10 drivers are given points. So the first place driver is going to get 25 points. Second place would get 18. Third would get 15, uh, 12, 10, 8, uh, 6, 4, 2, 1. So one, uh, drivers from 1 to 10 are going to get um, the, these points. And over the course of all the races in a calendar, these points are going to get accumulated. And the driver at the end of the season with the maximum number of points wins the driver champion, the world driver championship, uh, the last defending champion of the world driver championship is max verstappen for red bull racing and uh, similarly since each team has two drivers so the points of both the drivers throughout the course of the season are added together to have a constructor championship and uh, construct and then uh, so there is a tri world driver championship and there is a world constructor championship and that's how these championships are decided the last defending champions of World Constructor Championships are Mercedes. Now, this is uh, essentially what a typical weekend is going to look like. Since 2021, the FIA has also put out uh, uh, a new format of a Formula One weekend, which is the sprint uh, racing format. So, in 2021, the FIA decided three uh, races that will follow the sprint format. So in the sprint format, what happens is that you still have five sessions. It's just that one uh, practice session, there is an extra race that happens, which is called as the sprint race. Uh, so what happens is on Friday, you have an FP1. and But the Friday afternoon session is going to be the qualifying session. Qualifying session that used to happen on Saturday. So largely, the FP1 uh, uh, is... While the teams are also going to work on getting uh, their car performance data, their focus would also be to um, get a good uh, understanding and enough data to form their qualifying strategies. And then there is going to be the qualifying session on Friday evening. Happens the same way as the normal qualifying session that happens on uh, on Saturday on a normal race weekend. Coming to Saturday, Saturday uh, you are going to have another morning practice session, pre-practice session and um, this is uh, going to be largely focused on uh, on you know a gathering performance data for the car and uh, in the and then the afternoon session is going to be the sprint race. Sprint race is a 100 kilometer dash race that happens yeah it's basically a, a 100 kilometer race that happens and the and the result of the sprint qualifying is going to be the uh, grid position for the race and the the result of the qualifying was the grid position for the the sprint race uh, again the number of laps are decided in the same way as um, as uh, for the normal race so uh, 100 divided by the track length is going to give you the number of laps that the sprint race is going to have. Uh, in the sprint race, there is no mandatory need to have a pit stop. Ideally, the teams don't have a pit stop unless and until a team has uh, a driver has had any damages and that he needs to pit to uh, make those changes. They would need to pit uh, 
to be able to uh, race properly for mm-hmm. the entirety of the race so uh, that's when that's when the drivers fit otherwise largely there is no uh, there is no requirement to use different tires because it's a very short race somewhere between 25 to 30 minutes yeah and so that's the sprint format and then uh, the result of the sprint is going to decide the the grid position for the race and then uh, the main event the race event is the same as on any other normal formula 1 weekend uh, yeah so this is what a typical weekend uh, looks like the sprint uh, race until last year would only give out points to the top 3 uh, drivers and that's why uh, sprint race uh, weekends last year were largely uh, to put it mildly boring with the exception of brazil but it was only because uh, lewis hamilton one of the title contenders was uh, disqualified from the qualifying session and had to start last and um, and that's why we we saw like a lot of action happening on the uh, on the track but largely because there the the risk to reward ratio for the other drivers is very it's it's not worth it to uh, ruin your uh, race for getting into the top 3 um so this year the FIA has decided that they are going to give um points to the top 8 uh, classification in the sprint race so the first position is going to get 8 points uh, the second is going to get 7 and likewise 6 5 4 3 2 1 for the top 8 this should uh, make uh, racing better this is also the, the number of points are more so it is going to have an impact on the uh, driver standings and the driver championship so uh, hopefully this is going to make the sprint weekends a, a little bit better than what they were last year in addition to all these points there is also an extra point given out for the fastest lap of the race so during the entire 90 to 120 minutes of the race that happens on sunday uh once the race is finished the driver who has put in the fastest lap in that racing session no other older times are counted in that particular race session the fastest lap driver who's put in the fastest lap gets one extra point so yeah that's it for this episode of over the curve I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. If there is anything uh, you want me to cover uh, for uh, uh, in terms of uh, Formula One and the racing and uh, rules and regulations, uh, please write in at overthecurvepodcast at the rate gmail dot com. Since I am right now um, hosting this podcast alone, if you want to be a part of this. write to us at over the cup podcast at the rate gmail.com your feedback is welcome please if you like the podcast uh, share it with your friends and um, uh, yeah uh, thank you so much for listening and until next time goodbye